everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Uh, just the two of us here this evening, and we're going to take a, a look back, very quick look back at the uh, the, the cup result against Villa, um, the World Club Championship uh, the next day against Monterey, and take a bit of a look forward to the final and some of the bits and pieces of, of news surrounding the club in the last couple of days. And joining me to discuss all of that, as always, as if any introduction is needed, Dave Dunning, as always, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Actually, it wasn't on last week, so... Well, poor, old, poor, old Jay, poor old Jay was meant to come on, but uh, he, he ended up, he, he had to drive home, so uh, no, he couldn't make it. So, But it's just a two, so we'll, we'll manage grand. Well, listen, we'll, we'll start here with the Villa game, which I didn't see live. I saw bits and pieces, Dave, of the, the highlights and whatnot. Probably not a full reflected uh, of the game. But from, from you know from, from the noises that I've heard and, and so on, and what, from what I've seen, very disappointing result. But maybe a lot of positives to be taken from it. Uh, it's maybe not as, as dark a cloud as, as the, 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 the scoreline certainly would suggest to us. No, I don't think so. I did watch it, and... I think there was there was a lot of weird conversation around this game, um, particularly around was it fair on these young boys to be putting them in, in a position where uh, they're getting beaten at the hands of a Premier League team handsomely on paper. But I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I think the performance from them considering... It was essentially the under twenty threes and below. Plus, you're you're pulling out some of their best players and Brewster and and Curtis Jones um, and also Nico Williams. So you're immediately handicapping them there. Um, but they acquitted themselves really well. I thought they played some good football. They kept the ball really well. Um, they were energetic. Pressed over the pressed all over the pitch. They looked like a Liverpool team from the highlights. Dave, I think is that, is that fair to say? That is fair to say. You know, they they you could look at them and see there was certainly a resemblance to to, to how the first team play, um, particularly without the ball. You know, I think was probably more notable. So I think if nothing else, it was it was harsh on them. Um, I think at halftime it was four 0 until I had three shots on target. So you know, it's a tough one to take. Um, I think looking at the stats. Um, the, the, the youngsters, they had more possession, more shots, more shots on target, more corners. So they were, you know, you could argue they were dominant. Um, and the XD stats were pretty even from what I from what I saw. So, you know, I think they did really well. And I think more so than anything else, it's a really valuable experience for them in learning about the, the fine margins of football at that level. And, you know, you can't make mistakes at that level and you need to take your chances at that level. And, and maybe understanding... You know how how much farther they still have to push themselves, and how much farther they still have to work in order to um, even have a chance of making it anywhere close to the Liverpool first team. So, you know, maybe that's a really good benchmark for them to set. And and ultimately, Dave, I, I think personally, I think that it's it's a really good lesson for those young boys because kids need to learn how to lose as well. Dave, there. There's something maybe in this world that gets kind of lost, and you know all this fairness, and everybody gets a trophy shit that goes on in the world today. But these these guys, regardless of their age, are professional footballers playing against other more seasoned professionals. How the hell do you learn if you don't get a lesson handed to you? 
Um, how do we learn anything in life if we're not handed a lesson somewhere down the line? But I don't think, you know, I, again, I, I didn't see the full match. You know, there was there was just so many little positives I saw in there. Like, I, you know, and, and certainly the narrative since the game has been that, that certainly the, the press and, and, and social media, everybody seems to agree that potentially we have something very special in our hands with this kid, uh, Harvey Elliott. And, you know, we've seen him a few times, Dave, and, and you know, obviously I can base it on, on those games as well. He has, he, I, I, you know, the way, if he continues the way he's going, he's not far off getting game time. You know, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about that. But you're, you're absolutely right that David, he, you know, if if we had this league wrapped up maybe early this year, <laughs> imagine, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting twenty minutes here and there. Maybe twenty minutes here or there. Maybe an FA Cup game. You know, maybe. I don't know, a game, you know, maybe a game, maybe a start if the league is mathematically over with a few games to spare. But I, I don't think that I don't think that Klopp will seriously consider him as a solution to any issue that we might find in the. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't think he's a trophies. solution, Dave. But 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 I'm talking about a blooding process. Yeah, sure. I think if I think if Klopp sees an opportunity to put him in there, I think that he will. Um, you know, I think he was, was he the youngest or the second youngest player on the pitch? No. And well, he's the youngest player ever to have, have taken the field in the Premier League for Fulham, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, but he was head and shoulders above some of the rest of those guys. And, um, you know, there was, there's a few in there were, you know, 21, 22. Um, and he was, you know, he, and that's, that's, that's a six year difference. That's massive. It's even it's even more massive at that age, and for 16, him, it's huge. <laughs> it's a, absolutely massive, um, and you know he he looks like he's just got something special. He looks like he's got a level of intelligence and vision and understanding that you shouldn't see a boy at that age have, and to go with his obvious technical ability. Um, and I'm sure he'll come out of that game, you know, feeling, feeling ten feet tall because he was absolutely excellent and he was at the heart of everything dangerous that we did. So you're, yeah, I agree totally. Um, I think he's certainly one to watch, and I think it can only help with the manager's extended contract, where you know you're you're starting to think about now. Well, he's got you know four and a half, five years under Klopp. That'll take him to least 2021. You know. Um, and what an education that'll be. Yeah, and also, you know, maybe the likes of next season, the season after, you get him some loan time as well um, to, to get him first-team football, you know, as, as progression comes along. But maybe he doesn't need that. You know, you, you look at the likes of what we did with Trent and whatnot. You know, like if you're if you're good enough, it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, like really, like what we saw with Rooney, Dave. Uh, back in the day, he was 16 whenever he, he started playing for Everton and did him no harm. No, it didn't do him any harm. Rooney was a funny one. Rooney's one of those lads looking as though he had puberty when he was about 11. Um, like, do you remember even when he was 16? He was a big fucking oh, lump like, of a man. He was a man. He? He, was a man he, was, he was a big lump of a man at 16. A fucking bit, and ram at that as uh, well, you know? Fuck, uh, <laughs> unbelievable. He was. Um, like a boxer. Like, properly like a boxer. Um, the nose for it. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, he had a face for it too. Um, so yeah, he looks, he's small, 
he's diminutive, but I think I get this is I get the feeling that he, he doesn't look like a young boy to look at him. Do you know what I mean? I think I'm not necessarily sure that his his height and his stature is because of his age. Um, well, Dave, if it's permanent, he couldn't have a better role model um, learning from than, than Mo Salah, who is a small frame man who is bloody strong. That that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So you know, I think, and also, things can happen to kids when when they grow. Um, you know, you can get injuries, you can get little niggles. It's also having to adapt to your new body, essentially. And if that if that's the talent and skill he's got, um, being the size that he is now, then fine. That, that's that's all good. Um, so maybe maybe he is just maybe he is physically farther on than some of those other kids his age, and maybe that does just tempt Klopp to to give him a bit more game time than maybe he would any other sixteen year old. Because yeah. let's face it, Dave, it's our game's so much about fitness and physicality. It, like it, it, we we understand how much it is about being fit and physical and big and strong. And you look at all our players; like there's no flakes well, uh, in there. You, you know, we're we're, we're going to come on to that obviously in the Monterey game, where that is that that at the end is so so abundantly clear, Dave. Uh, you know the, the level of training and so on, and they're getting that as you say from from such a young age. It can only be of benefit. Of course, absolutely. Um, I honestly think that, you know. The, basically, there could have been a whole pile of other solutions to sort this to sort this fixture out. But I think Klopp just looked at it and thought, "Well, we could do a whole lot worse than give the kids a game like this at a, a brilliant old, proper raucous stadium in a cup quarter final against the Premier League team who won't field their first eleven because they're in a." Basically, they are in a relegation scrap. Let's be fair. So they'll rest players like Grealish and protect them, etc., etc. But what an experience that is to take away with them. And Dave, and you were talking about negatives there. Like you know, look, these are kids who have played a first team game for Liverpool. They've pulled on a first team shirt. Like, this might be as good as you and I'll ever. Yeah, exactly. You more than you and I'll ever fucking do. You know what I mean? Apart from a replica. You know, <laughs> that's it. Some of these kids might never get to play at a Premier League football stadium. That, that that might be as good as it gets for them, and to play in front of that crowd on like a, a proper competitive competitive night where they made it really uneasy for Villa in the first in the first fifteen minutes or so until the two quick goals went in, and that was a bit of a killer. I think even if the second freak one hadn't gone in afterwards, it might have been really really different. Um, but if nothing else, what an experience for some of those boys, and and you know. Some kids, some kids would crawl over their dead granny for that. Oh, not even kids, I did. Well, there you are then. <laughs> but anyhow, we'll, we'll leave the kids there. I think, you know, I don't. In closing, like the question, I, I just don't see that the, there's a negative to it. You know, the, the, the you know, it's, it's like any sport, you have to go through levels, and whenever you go up a level, sometimes it shows. And it's whether you learn, you adapt, and and fuck, it's like heartbreak ridge here for folks. Like I'm going to move That's on. That's it, though. <laughs> but you do. You need. To, but you do. You need to be, particularly as as an elite sports person, you need to be resilient. You need to have a strong mentality, and that will help teach those kids to have that. Because if you're going out and you're fucking hammering everybody eight nine nil every week, that doesn't do you any good. You don't know how to cope whenever it doesn't go your way. So, you know, I think if you look at someone like Raheem Sterling, who's had to deal with a lot of adversity. 
in his career and it's made him stronger and it's made him a better a better footballer and a more capable footballer of being able to to have that mentality of being able to play at the highest level I suppose is what I'm trying to say so you know I can't see that, that I can't see that's going to do those kids any harm at all no indeed not uh hopefully as I say hopefully we'll get two or three of them through into the first team and fingers crossed for that but listen where we are at the minute is Qatar and Dave I watched it here. Bit of a surreal game. I think is the best. a surreal a surreal football watching experience. I think is the best way of, of describing it. Um, from Jordan Henderson at, at, <laughs> in uh, replacing Virgil Van Dyke to the fact that our fans didn't know what to do at a football match uh, to like Monterey just basically you know time wasting, uh, all the gamesmanship, everything you've come to expect from Latin sides and something that's uh, at least we'll have a bit of experience going in and out of the final against the masters of it. Um, but, you know, overall, it was a very patched together side. The, the Van Dyke injury caused a big imbalance. You know, it's one of those times, <laughs> one of those rare occasions where I'm going to turn to you and say, God damn it, why wasn't Dejan Lovren fit? You know, <laughs> uh, Perfect game for him. But, uh, you know, it, 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 there was times there, you, you know, that we we Henderson did nothing wrong, and I'm not here to beat on Jordan Henderson at all. But you know, whenever when you look at his position as and and you look at where Van Dyke would have been, you know, we flattered them. We ended up flattering that team. They scored a nice goal, but you know, they, they threatened us quite a bit. But that was mainly due, I think, to, to 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 all down to the team selection. It was it was prudent. It was Klopp had his sort of head on that he he's managing this month, not this tournament. And, you know, it came off and, and we're getting away that we're getting over the line. Bobby Firmino comes off, the bench scores, one by one, our front three arrive, everything changes. And, you know, we talked about that level of fitness and whatnot. At the end, we just, we, you know, they, they were fucked. We did. We had barely broken a sweat, and I think that was the real difference. Uh, they were going to, yeah, they were going to ever cramp all over the place and we looked like we could have played another 90 minutes right afterwards. Exactly, and that that's the, that's the levels that we're at at the minute. And I think this is, you know, for for this tournament and and you know the stature of this tournament, the stature of teams in this tournament, that's what's going to set us so far apart. That makes us favourites beyond your wildest dreams. That and then before you even add in the Liverpool winning mentality, um, you know, look, I don't know about you, I never thought for one second that was going to extra time. The way it was, the the way the tide was flowing at that time, Dave, it was only going one direction. And the way that we've been recently, I just sitting, I said to the wife. And she'd go, oh, you're only drawing. I don't know. We're winning this. We're winning it. And we did. And it was never a doubt in my head. It's a bizarre feeling to have, isn't it? Is it just so weird? Just you sit there and you just have complete confidence. After all these years of fucking biting my fingernails and fucking throwing things around the living room. Nah, nah, we're winning. <laughs> you know, and you, do, you, do you remember the days where you could like, you could you could see a defeat before it happened. You could see it coming. You could see it coming. A, a blind man could see it coming a mile off. You could see where a 2-2 becomes 2-8 in 10 minutes in a game. And you could see it before it happens. 2-2 is could... always 2-8. I think you <laughs> meant 2-0. No. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? You could see it. You could see a 2-0 becoming a 2-2 in 10 minutes. And, and you could have called it. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang, there it is, 2-8. And you're like, I fucking knew it. You could see it coming. And now with, and now with this side, it's the opposite. You're like, it's one all. This team looks dangerous on the break. The keepers had to have a really good game to, to keep us keep us um, level terms with these guys, but we'll probably bring on some of the big lads and we'll win. 
and with them. I thought they had some handy players, though, Dave. What did you think? They did, Dave. Um, the guy in defence played, oh, I forget, uh, what do you call him? Nico, the name escapes me. I thought he played Salah very, very well. A um, couple of nice players going forward, a couple of nice players in midfield. But again, you've got to understand then, you've got to put in the Latin mentality of what this tournament means. You, you know, whenever you can get eke an extra 10, 15% out of your players, this is the tournament where you can eke that because of the standing of this tournament in Latin America, basically. And I, and I know it's difficult for Europeans to get our heads around that, but really that is that is a factor that needs to be taken into consideration here. And the same will apply again on, on Saturday. You could certainly see how much they wanted it. And I thought, oh, I thought, we often puffed a little bit and they made it hard for us. But at the same time, we always we always looked in control. Um, don't yeah, know. The chances, but, the chances were coming. The chances were always coming for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they were threatening. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot made of Allison's performance. I think the majority of them were bread and butter for Allison for a keeper of that stature, you know? Uh, certainly yeah. the commentary teams. That, that I, they, but they were trying to big up the the, uh, the Mexican side, to be honest with you, and made out that Allison was having some kind of a, a world-class performance. He did very well, don't get me wrong. But, you know, there was there was very little in there that we haven't seen him do much better, uh, make much better saves than. He certainly kept us in the game. It's what we paid the money for. Virgil well, van Dijk it- wasn't there. He, st- he, he, he stood up. Isn't that it, though? Isn't that it? Um, people were, oh, you know, and if Van Dyke, you know, and, and we've seen what they're like without Van Dyke, you know, uh, and well, but yes, Dave, have, but, it's not but without it, Van Dyke, it's without Van Dyke, it's without Matip, and it's without fucking Lovren, as much as that doesn't bother and me. It's with, and it's with, it bothered me. It bothered yeah, me now. <laughs> absolutely, and it's with and it's with a rusty Joe Gomez, and without yeah. who would have who would have been your fifth choice auxiliary centre half, Fabinho. Yeah. And you've so, got Milner starting. No problem with Milner starting at right back, but as I said, to you pre-pod, you've taken away the most creative uh, player possibly in world football at the moment. You know, for, for assists, he's he, he's leading in the world. And when you take yeah. that out of your team, and you only put one of your front three in, you're giving them a fighting chance, and then you got that fifteen percent. You got those boys saying, "Look, this is their first team. We can have a crack here." And they did. Yeah, but as you rightly say, that's what you pay the money for the goalkeeper for. You know, absolutely. That, you know, that's like, what like you Dave, he he he's not called upon very often, and you know, and he makes saves, no no doubt. But the amount of saves that he made, it was surely down to 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 the problems that we have in personnel and defence, and and how we went into that game, and also the fact that I think Klopp is maybe I think the the plan is get everybody plays a hundred minutes, nobody plays more than that. That's that's the limit. Uh, although probably Mo will play because of the uh, the brand thing, but um, I, I think he, he's trying to manage you know about a hundred minutes for for each of the key players, and and in that heat and humidity and everything, I think I think it's prudent. Yeah, I think so too. I was wondering what your thoughts were on on Kaida's performance. Um, I thought he was the best player in the pitch. So to be honest, idea, but I'm whispering it because I yeah. don't want to scud the lad, and we're starting to see Nabi Keita. <laughs> and I'm not going to say any more than that. I, I'm very excited by the prospect, and and just let him let him continue on, Dave. Let's not. But you know, there's been so many false dawns with the guy. I, I'm really happy with where he's at at the minute. Long may it continue. Yeah, we 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 seem to we seem to see a little bit. I think I said was it. 
Dave, I'll tell you this. I, I would start him against Flamengo. <laughs> I would. On the form that he's in at the minute. Without, well, without, because he's, you know, we've obviously got, you know, coming back to the Premier League and whatnot. And, you know, he'll go for his tried and trusted against Leicester and whatnot. So Keita probably wouldn't be starting a Leicester game. So why not? Yeah, you might be right. Um, I think with him, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I think it was before he got hurt against Arsenal and had to go off. Was it the, maybe it was a gank or something like that? Or was it another game before that? And to me, he looked to be to be playing within himself a little bit, but he looks that's have, gone. That's gone. I think so. He looks but goals give you confidence, Dave. Goals are like, and he's had what three and three games. He, you know, yeah. he, he that confidence at the minute, and that's why I would say start him in this one. Um, that is true. That is true. To, to continue that confidence building, because look, he's fine. It's the positions that he's fine. It's the interplay between Salah is fucking sexy. Like it is fucking <laughs> sexy. A, <laughs> There's a nice little relationship that they seem to be they seem to be building together in the pitch. Yep, a little bit of telepathy going on there. And, yep. you know, obviously the time that he spent in training with them has, you know, the amount of time like he's been there a while. It, it, it's it's it should be no surprise really, Dave. But you know, it's the first that we're seeing it. It shouldn't be a surprise, but it's wonderful it's there. Yeah, and it's probably not a surprise to the players, and it's probably not a surprise to the manager or the coaching staff. But it's great that you're right. We're able to see that borne out in the pitch now. Um, it's what an asset to have. And I think, do you know the really exciting thing for me is um, all of these teams will have a plan to play us, all of them. But they don't have a plan K- to play. K- yeah, Kato makes them rip that plan up and fucking go yeah. back to the drawing board. Absolutely. He, he, he's the, the ace. In the, he's the, he's the, the wild card that they don't have, they don't have enough data on him. We don't have enough data on them. I think probably the, the I think probably the manager doesn't even really probably can't even really predict how much of an impact he's going to have on the team because he simply doesn't he simply hasn't got enough um, enough enough experience of, of him playing with various different various different players and, and, and I know, think the role that he's playing at the minute, Dave, as well is, is, is a little bit different. Or what he's being asked to do is certainly a little bit different from what he was doing at Leipzig. So again. Even the data that's there is, is irrelevant to these teams. Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Um, we're going to be asking them to do something a little bit different. I think from what we see, we're going to be asking them to kind of interpret what Wijnaldum does within his own skill set. But what you've started to see now is him breaking the lines and, and, and getting beyond the ball, um, making runs in behind the, the, back, the back four. Um, there was one, he was unlucky with the shot and it was one of those little weaving, one of those little weaving runs where the ball seems glued to his feet, where he's just able to slalom in between defenders in the tightest of spaces. Um, and those are all little elements of his game that we knew he had, but we hadn't quite seen yet. So this, it's an exciting prospect. Um, and... It it goes to show again if you're if you're good enough you'll get a chance on that side. There's no there's no favourites. Um, if if you get in through injury, through luck, through suspension, and if you you play well, you'll you'll keep you'll keep the shirt. And Fabinho's injury has has almost come at the perfect time for Keita because he seemed just to be getting his fitness back when that happened, and he was deemed a viable option then. And and he's come in and he's he's been brilliant. So, you know, I think, I don't know, what do you think he'll go with on Saturday within the midfield? You, you expect the back 
you expect Virgil to be back um, and Trent back at right back uh, and the front three. So who do you expect to accompany him in midfield if you think Kidd is going to start? Uh, you know, Dave, I think what we need to talk about, first of all, before we even get to that midfield is, because it will have a bearing on it, is, you know, does Jordan Henderson play central defence again? You know, like that, it's, a, it's, it's the big question here, because your midfield is dependent, I think, on that. You've got Jeannie's fitness there as well. You need to consider whether he will or will not be fit or will he be risked. Jeannie Wijnaldum? Uh-huh. Is he, uh, is he declared fit? That's, that's, that's kind of news to me. He was doing recovery um, over there, so whether they feel they can get him fit enough for, for the final or not, I don't know. But he didn't, he, wasn't, he didn't feature either in the team or on the bench um, because of injury. Right, so, uh, but has he been declared fit or anything? Is, is, I haven't is, heard. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about him. I've just naturally assumed that there's no way he would be he would be even considered, and probably in that heat. And and you know, look, Brazilian television here made made a big deal about the pitch and how heavy it was. And fuck, if they're making a deal about the pitch, you want to see the shite to play on here. Like, um, it, it, it's, so if he's carrying anything, I I can't see him being risked in in, in that game. So uh, you know, it, it it all comes back. You know, Van Dyke. What does he have a virus? Was it a cold? Do, do we even know what happened to Van Dyke? Uh, no, know, we, he's we, ill as all Ill, yeah. Um, and, and it's a difficult one to call. Um, you know, your, your midfield three, do, 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 does Henderson even get in after after playing the 90? Because, you know, he he's one you're looking at in five days' time to start probably uh, in the absence of Fabinho at Leicester. You know, and this, <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. What did you think of Ox against Monterey? Because I thought first half he was bloody anonymous. He came into the game a little bit as as the bench emptied, but I, I thought he was terrible. It's a funny one. He or is it the role he was asked to play, Dave? I I, I don't know. Do you know th- it, this is a, this is strange. This is really st- it's it's not strange. This is this is potentially, and I don't know because I haven't paid enough attention. But this is potentially going to become the new. Gini Wijnaldum's a phantom. He's the Gini the ghost. You know, remember that was a thing because people had no fucking idea or conception of what his role actually was until well, you uh, actually started to, honest, to pay attention was, to it. He was quite reinvented from from what came from Newcastle and what we see in the. Uh, the oh, team. absolutely, and you, and you have and you you have an idea in your head of the type of player that this this individual is, and then when they're asked to do something different all of a sudden you just assume that they're not playing as well because oh they haven't got 15 goals like they did last season um, and we boil it down to really you know basic observations like that when often there's a whole lot more to it so it would be interesting to watch Chamberlain the next time he plays in that kind of Henderson role if you like um, to see if he's actually doing a lot of the um unseen dirty work um, and maybe he wasn't able to stamp his authority on the game um, or maybe it was just that Kaido was the one who was given a bit more license to go I don't know um, so it, it'll be interesting it, I think it's a good shout Dave and probably 
something I will keep an eye on over the next few weeks. And sometimes, do you ever do that thing when you're just like, I'm going to watch him for the game just to see what the crack is. And I'll just pay attention to what he's doing rather than just watching the game as a, as a whole. I'll just pay attention to what he's doing the majority of the time. So I'll probably just do that for crack and see. And maybe he is. Maybe he is. Just shade. I don't know. No, probably not. But no, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think. But you know, back to back to our midfield. Well, we we could go at it. You know, with Van Dyke, I, I think he starts sort of Henderson in in the holding midfield role. I think, <laughs> for my money, I, I'd start. I'd just go fucking Keita and Ox. Yeah, and, he and could do. Know, I I want them put to bed early. I want. If this, if we get up and at them, you know, in our usual fucking at, up and at them, at their throat, don't let them breathe, Liverpool, vintage signature Liverpool, and get a couple of goals, I ain't a fold. Because they'll, you know, they'll, they'll not have come up against, I, I, I said this to you pre-pod, you know, I've seen a lot written in the last couple of days about their stature and where they stand, Flamengo, in, you know, in world terms. And I've seen them being described as as a mid-table Premier League side, which I, I, is is the closest thing I can sort of buy into. But again, as I, as I mentioned to you pre-pod, the level of competition below that is pretty... Because they've spent a lot of money, they've got foreign coaching, they're going about it a different way, they're trying a different way from, from the norm in Brazil, and it's worked out very well for them. And they're head and shoulders pretty much above people here, like they won the league at a canter. Don't get me wrong, they've lost plenty of games in the process of winning that league. But... You know, it's like they've never come across because they're so high up in it. They've never what they've experienced in the last twelve months, even the couple of bit of Doris. You know, they haven't come up against anything of the level, the mentality, the fitness, the just the the mechanical winning machine that is Liverpool. They haven't come up against anything like that, and and even factoring in your ten to twenty percent extra, you're going to get out of them. Yeah, well, if you can even get that out of them, they haven't played for a couple of weeks. They've been on the fucking beer by the looks of it, uh, celebrating the couple of bit of Doris. They have no more game after this, and it's all about their preparation, David. I say, you know, um, I, I noticed Allison uh, was was made a statement today about, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a dream of his to play in this tournament, uh, and it's nice that we we'll have, you know, Bobby and Fabinho and and Allison there. To sort of tell the rest of them, look, you know, these guys are coming here. They're fucking serious. They are fucking serious. Um, you know, I, again, I, I said to you pre-pod that m- my wife, she's from Rio, and nearly everybody that she she knows on Facebook is is on a plane uh, to Qatar. So, it, it, <laughs> you know, from from this position, I, I believe we should win the game comfortably, comfortably, comfortably. We should, whether we do or not, a, a different thing, and 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 that. You know, Brazilians don't need beer to make a noise. They fucking make a noise just by existing. Um, and uh, you know, they'll they'll have a better support than us, and that, that that's that's the fear. But again, we are so on a different level. We are so superior. You know, I, I don't think you know if Van Dyke starts, I expect a zero. If he doesn't, I'll give them one. So would you? I've. Um... I was listening to Tim Vickery the other day about this this side, and from what I hear, they are like you say they're they're taking a new approach. It's not a typical South American style of football that they play. They they like to press from the front. They play with a high line. It's it's a bit more of the the 
en vogue European style, if you like, um, than anybody else is, is currently playing in South America. So what would you liken them to? Like a like a Bournemouth sort of sort of level sort of style? It's difficult to put a Premier League comparison. You you off, off the stature. You know what I mean? If if you consider them as Bournemouth, they're they're far and away the best team in their league. You, you know, you're, 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 but to bring them to the level of Bournemouth in our league, um, it, it, look, they, they would struggle greatly in the Premier League because they, they couldn't park the bus against the big sides. Um, you know, they would come out all guns blazing. And look, George Jesus has done a fucking great job. And he's been given, you know, he's been given his head there. He's been allowed to stay. Like normally they'll last a couple of weeks here. And especially the xenophobia down here that don't like foreign coaches at all. Um, you know, they can just about tolerate other South Americans. Like, you know, he, he came in and he's, he's done a good job. Uh, but they're uncompromising. From what I've seen of them this season in the couple of Adoris in here, they are uncompromising. They're like us. They're like a, a, a maybe maybe even even Salzburg they want to play. You know, they want to play the ball. They've, they've a couple of players there. There's some really good players. Like, I'm I'm dying to see how Bruno Enrique does against us. Totally and utterly dying to see. He is a speed merchant. He has the potential to cause us all kinds of problems. But this is a different level for him. And, and you know, you talk about our kids. This I liken that to, to, to levels here. Um, you know, he's a young man, and he's, he's been fucking excellent this season. Then you have, you know, Gabi Gall, Gabriel Barbosa. And, you know, too good for Brazil, not good enough for Europe. You, you know, but again, pumped up. Um, you know, by by when it's like the Robert Earnshaw of intercontinental Steve football. Steve Bull, you know, th- that, think that you know, a wonderful for Wolves in the in the second division. Well, once he once once they got promoted, he, he wasn't that great. Uh, don't get me wrong, a goal scorer, and and Gabby Gall is a goal scorer, but I can't see them getting the opportunities. Uh, and and if they have to compromise their style to 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 allow for defending our front three, I I don't think. That that's a solution for, for, for any of their problems. You know, I, I think probably it is best to just go out and give it a lash. But I expect them to be picked apart totally and utterly professionally. And again... So by, you're by, expecting by, goals? Dave, put it like this. If we score early, it's going to be a fucking long afternoon for them. Because every minute that goes by, our fitness... Their fitness goes down and ours stays the same. Or they, they, they don't deplete... You know, our, our fitness doesn't deplete anywhere near the same level. And you're talking about, you know, a much better team. You, look, anybody can beat anybody in football. We know that. But, you know, on paper, as we stand here today, this shouldn't even be a discussion uh, as a result, in my opinion. Okay, well, you know, th- let's, they're, let's they're, hope they're you're finishing, right. They're finishing their league on, on their highest point. We're hitting our groove in our league. And I know which one I'd rather be. Yeah, that's true. Um, and w- they played. They were unconvincing last week. And w- w- when was the last time they played prior to their semi-final? There, a couple was of weeks two, ago. Was it two yeah. weeks ago? No, sorry, it was the eighth of December. Again, they were beaten four 0 against uh, Santos. Okay, so but that, but that's th- th- there. There is the the hint of weeping on the fucking piss for a week. But that's a dead. <laughs> that's a dead. That was a, obviously a dead rubber game, was it? Uh well, they'd won the league and everything. They'd won the, but but that's what I'm saying. You know, they were in party mode uh, because yeah. all the all the news I saw here was just the um, the players basically partying like the season was over. You know, which wouldn't have happened if 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 the rules were reversed. I can't see Klopp letting them go party without with, with something as big a tournament that is coveted 
as 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 much as this is down here, I, I, I sort of find it quite sort of funny. Well, you know that that kind of our tendency to score late goals doesn't really do them any favors in that regard either, because as you say, you can only imagine if if they're not in the if like you you really have to be in tip top condition to go toe to toe with this Liverpool side. And, you know, we keep saying it. It's not a coincidence that we score so many late goals, Dave. It's because we're fitter. It's because we're fitter. It's because we're 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 better. It's because we're stronger. And if we don't, we'll beat you one way or another. And if, if it has to come down to fitness, we'll beat you with our fitness as well. And like I say, there's, there's no... It, it's not a coincidence. It's no surprise we score so many late goals. It's it's a pattern now, and if if what you're saying you know comes to fruition, then we can expect maybe a couple of goals in the last fifteen minutes, even just to just to seal the game and, and kill it off. But I think you know if we got the early goal, that would force them totally out. And again, it, it's about look. Uh, there's experience there um, in the team. There's no two ways about it. Um, you know, players have played in Europe and so on. Um, you know, it was a young lad there as well. Yeah, I think it's, is it is it Philippe Luis is the left back, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, good experience. There. And Ger- Gerson's been been in Italy as well. Although uh-huh. again, he, he's another. You know, he, he it was like Paulinho whenever he went to to Tottenham. A bit of a journeyman. No, it, it's like they're t- they're far too good to, for for the league that they're in, and and this is why I find it really difficult to say. You know, yeah, Flamengo's a sort of mid-table Premier League side. You know, because they've got players in there that, that, in my opinion, aren't good enough for Europe, but are too good for here. That you, you know, they they, they they need somewhere in between. Maybe you know the, the Dutch league or something like that. Well, that somewhere in between used to be, you know, all those Ukrainian teams and Russian teams yeah. for for quite yeah. a while, didn't it? But you see, yeah. like, if you look at it, we don't. You know, Europeans really don't look at South American football. It's it's a, it's a niche market. Don't get me wrong. There's there's enthusiasts, but it is very niche. So when we come up against these teams, you know, like even even that question that was put in the internet by one of our fans, where where would you rank them? And it's a really really difficult question because you don't, yeah, the, you know, the odd time we get, um, you know, for for example, the Bundesliga will go on their their winter break and they'll all go to Florida with the Brazilian teams and they'll play the, the Brazilian teams will play the Bundesliga teams, but you know there are different points of seasons and 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 things like that, and it's it's really hard to measure them and. You know, even even this game, Dave, I feel is not really a good place to measure it because the conditions, the humidity. You know, it, it, you're hardly talking perfect football conditions, and and you're never talking perfect football conditions down here either. Like the pitches are atrocious down here, um, so it's a really, really, really difficult comparison to make um, where they would be standing. I just know that we are head and shoulders, miles and miles and miles in front of them. Okay, so suppose we'll, I suppose we'll see. We can only, uh, we can only live in hope, and this would be just. You know, what about your just, midfield? Who, who do about, you fancy for a midfield? Um, so it's Leicester on the twenty sixth, isn't it? I, I think at this time of the year, I think it's always sensible to look at what the next game is because I think. You will have, you'll continue to see the rotation that we've seen over the next couple of weeks at least. So, if I'm looking at it, he goes strong 
and he goes, I think he'll probably play Henderson again. Hopefully he'll not have to play him centre-half. But if he does, he does. But I think Henderson plays one way or another. I think if he doesn't have to play Dini, he won't. I think you could see Milner in midfield. And again, I, I wouldn't argue with that, Dave. I, I, I can see that. Because, again, he's not someone... You, 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 this is with the next game in mind. Do you yeah. see James Milner starting against Leicester? This, this is a poignant game for us. Yeah. You know, you, you can almost pick that team, uh, what fitness permitting, you, you know what I mean, for, for Leicester, where we stand right now. You know what, what it's going to be. So, you know, there's only a five-day turnaround. There's a, there's the flight, there's a reconditioning back to, to the UK, um, and so on. So I, I, I think he very much picks Saturday with with Leicester in mind. I think the fact is, one of these players is going to have to play all three games. So, who's it going to be? I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Probably, yeah. And, and for me, it's Naby Keita because he's got the less, he has the least miles in his legs. Yeah, and, so and maybe even maybe even the Ox again, not a great deal of mileage in the leg. England sort of ran him a wee bit, but he's he's had he's had a bit of a break since then. And and this is the time that you need, and and maybe even Shakiri. You know what so I mean? What, yeah. So what you might see against Leicester, or maybe even if fitness allowing tomorrow in the six is you might see Janie in the six, and you might see Naby get all three games out in that left hand side of the midfield three. Well, I think we can, one one thing we can safely say, Dave, is that Adam Lallana won't be anywhere near the start line up this time of the day. He'll not be in the side. He could well come off the bench. Um, he, he, I would like to see him actually coming off the bench with us well ahead at the end. As you say, to close out a game, there's no better man. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one. I'm just wondering, even now thinking about it, does does he does he change the shape against Leicester? I don't know. I just don't know. He might he might go four two three one. I, I've got no idea. It's <laughs> like we've tried this. We tried this all last year. It's impossible to try and second guess what lineups are. Or like, who saw that lineup coming even on on um, Wednesday night there? Because I didn't. Who saw the lineup against Everton in the derby? No one could have picked that. There's not one person in the country picked that. So and and, and this is what I'm saying. He he's managing December. He's not managing tournaments. He's managing December. That's right. A lot of it's got to be down to the, the information he's getting from the, the medical team and the fitness coaches and, and nutritionists and all these people. You know, it, it, Part of his decision-making has to come down to that. Otherwise, what's the point in having it? No, uh, absolutely. Um, I, I honestly think that... Uh, look, we, we, I, I don't think it really matters. If, if, if you're putting a, a midfield... Like, let, let, let's say... Genie or Handel, depending on Virgil and whatever, depending on injuries, I would have no problem with Genie at six. I would love to see Genie at six. I would love to see a fit Genie at six. Nothing, very few, very few of their players I'd say would go through him. Um, and and I, I could well live with with Naby Keita and uh, the Ox on the other side. I, I I'd be more than happy with that. I think our front three, Dave, in in the Flamengo game, and this is the way that that I see the game. I think our front three caused them so much fucking panic that it kind of negates their, their, their threat of the likes of the Bruno Enrique um, and, and, you know, the finishing of Gabby Gall. I, I think they, they end up 
just you know, just like Monterey, but but if we got a goal, it would happen much faster. They'll they'll, they'll sink into themselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. Um, but you know what's interesting, Dave? As we're Tell hopefully, me. as we're hopefully going to be lifting the world club. Sorry, let me rephrase that or correct myself. Sorry. Hopefully, going to be lifting the club world cup. Someone's dropping points in the title race, if not two teams. Because Leicester play Manchester City um, at exactly the same time as we play. So I'm sure that they'll find some offence in that somewhere down the line. <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. As you say, some, so, somebody needs to drop points, but I'd I, I much prefer that both of them did. Well, and, 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 I think so too. And to be honest with you, I, watched, I actually watched City Oxford here. And uh, fuck, I'll tell you what, like City had a good team out and, and Oxford ran the fucking ragged. Apparently, and, and Oxford had more shots against oh. City than any, no, than any team has had against were, Pep Guardiola's Manchester I, City. I was gutted for them. I was gutted. They fucking played out of their skins. You know, you talk about our kids losing fight. Now, that, that, that's another team, Oxford, there, who can, who can walk off a pitch, fucking shoulders and chest out, because they, they, they were brilliant. And, and as I say, a really good City side out there. Um, and, and they bothered them. So imagine what Leicester's going to do. Well, what do you think they will do? I, I honestly think there's a draw in it. it, it are you being it, blinded by your own desires? Uh, who's at home? Because I don't look at that. I don't look at things like that. I think City are at home. A draw then? Because if it if it's at uh, the the King Park or King Park, it's at the Etihad. Ah, well then, um, I I think a, a draw there uh, is a good result. It's funny but then, because but then there was no Kevin, there was no Kevin De Bruyne against um, Oxford. That's that's another fact, and he's out of his skin at the minute, Dave. He yeah, was fucking magnificent at the weekend. Wolves and United both beat them at the Etihad, and you'd say that Leicester have all the same, if not similar, sorts of tools that that those both both those sides do. Chelsea okay. ran them close at the Etihad as well. There's another thing which our experience should come into play with, Dave. you got to remember, this is fucking Brendan's moment in the fucking sun. And maybe he's learned, but I wouldn't bank on it. He'll be out the fucking show, Pep Court. You can just imagine. And that could be that, that could be the fucking undoing of the draw um, that I'm craving so much for. They were unlucky last year, though the end of the season we don't want to talk too much about that game but it took a Vincent company goal and again we've talked about the we've talked about the but do you think they'll go in that, Dave they're in a diff- completely different world of a place that they're going into the game this season was where they were last season so like, City. like oh I, I appreciate that but you, you know Leicester you're talking about held on maybe Leicester's mentality maybe is is not you know they they, they were quite happily hanging on for a draw Last season, maybe they're going there with a different mentality that the fuck we're not wanting to hang on for a draw and go at these fuckers. Well, I think so, and I think the I think you know there's all the evidence there's all the evidence there for for Rogers to point to to say we can do this team serious damage. Look at the goals United scored against them. Look at the goals Wolves scored against them. Look at the goals that Liverpool scored against them. You know we've got we've got that we've got that skill and we've got that pace and we've got that width um, that that those sides have. You know, they've got excellent fullbacks, two excellent, excellent fullbacks. Um, they've got big and Didi in the middle of the park, bags of energy and strength and physicality. And 
they've got that pace and creativity at the top end of the pitch. So they've got all the tools. Wise old head and Johnny Evans as well. That's it. And Evans is having a really, really good season. Yeah. Um, and let's not, really let's not forget season. where he came from and what he's won as well. Like there's an experience there. Absolutely is. He is a winner. He is a winner. Um, and I think certainly, you know, it 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 really is. It's it still really to me is funny that that he was sold West Brom, West Brom and Albion, and now what we essentially have is a we've got a, a, probably one of the best centre halves in the league, who's second in the league playing for Leicester when he could have been playing for United, and who's playing for United an eighty-five million pound Harry Maguire, who quite frankly. Isn't half the defender Johnny Evans well, is. We know, we know, think. we know who got the best deal. Like, <laughs> well, absolutely. There's winners and losers in life, Dave. <laughs> absolutely, but that's it. But I think that that's a thing with Leicester. I think they're a really well-run club. I think the recruitment policy has been excellent. I think, you know, they're they're doing things the right way, and they seem to have a long-term strategy and a plan, and it's, it's coming together. Um, and they built it off the back of that freak title. But they capitalised on that really, really well. And what you have now is a really competent, well-rounded and well-balanced side who are going places. And I think that they have every right to step onto the, the pitch against City and feel that they're at least their equals, particularly this season. So it'll be interesting to see what way that pans out. But there's only really going to be one winner there, isn't there? And it's going to be us. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's a free hit for us no matter what happens. Um, and as I say, with, with as all things being equal and all things should, as they should be being projected, we should be world champions just about the time that one of those teams is is, or maybe both of them are fucking pissed off, you know. So see, which is great. Aye, well that's it. So fingers crossed. So, so here, a couple of, so, go ahead, no, go ahead. Dave. I, 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 I want to leave City and fucking Leicester there because fucking, do you know what? Neither one of the teams fucking. Yeah, you're right. It was just about you know that. Uh, like, like, honestly, it's, it's time. Like, if if either one or two of them fucking overtake us, it's a fucking miracle. Seriously, it is. Uh, it would be the biggest collapse. I, I, and we look, we can't do that. We're it's nailed on. It's nailed on. Um, I, I, they're upset. It. Um, but Dave Minamino. Like, I mean, I, I watched him twice. I thought he was fucking magnificent. And we got that kid signed up every day there. 7.25 million quid. And in my opinion, and this is the question I want to ask you, I don't think we'll be, we'll be too long waiting to see him. No, I, I don't think Certainly so Certainly of the, of, of the evidence that we saw and the, the, the games we played against them at Salzburg, he looks tailor-made for our system. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really key, Dave. I think you're you're spot on there. Um, I think the type of the type of football that he's used to playing isn't that far removed from from what we are doing. Um, I think you know the fitness is quite evident that he has. He's all action. He's everywhere. Um, he is very adept at closing down and winning the ball back and turning over the ball. Is it fair to say, Dave? He gets us. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, I think if you're going to bring a player in at this time of the season in order to make an impact, you need to, you need to, you need to find a player who has the profile who can slot in. And I think being midway yeah, through I the season... That, that you've hit the nail on the head. I think this is an impact signing. I think that's the, I think that's the thinking behind it. 
Um, you know, we've been teased with Sancho. We've been teased with the guy from, uh, uh, what do you call Leipzig? What do you call him? His name escapes. Werner. The, the very man, Timo Werner. Uh, you know, we've been teased with them the last couple of months. And Minamino comes out for seven and a half million. And it's so fucking Liverpool. It's so fucking Edwards that this guy's going to fucking just rock out in fucking January and go, Fuck, it's like he's never, he's, he's always played for us. I, I, I've just got a feeling that's the way it's going to be. Given what I saw, he was fucking brilliant against us on two occasions. Yeah, he was really exciting to watch, wasn't he? He's proper all action. And I think the interesting thing for me is here is, you know, regardless of the Allison and the Van Dyke signings, um, FSD haven't moved away from, from Moneyball by any stretch of the imagination. Dave, right, we signed him today. Do you want to sell him tomorrow? How much of a fucking profit? You could put three. Oh. You put a three at least in front of, in front of that figure, couldn't you? Yeah, you're probably at least so, talking 25, so 30 million pounds. free hit. Like, it's just... It's, but that's it's, it. That's it's it. like playing with house money. They're looking for value in the market and they're building really good relationships all over, all over the continent and, and probably all over the world with these different clubs and... Apparently Salzburg were more than happy to deal with us. Um, yeah, apparently there's a, there's a bit of a cozying up seems to have been going on but between Red Bull and Liverpool. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting well, we become Red Bull Liverpool, but no. there was chat maybe of, of you know, a, a subsidiary sort of sponsorship or something along those lines. Well, what I heard was, and, I, and forgive me if anybody remotely is listening to this who heard this somewhere else um, I cannot remember for the life of me where I heard it from but um, what I did here getting to the point was that we used Red Bull Salzburg as almost a template for our new training ground and potentially for some of the structural adaptions that we made within the club um, I think to my understanding FSG were really impressed with the setup that they had over there, um, and it was, it was they were really inspired by it, and they seemed to have built some really good relationships in that it was almost like a shadowing situation. But, but Dave, like Red Bull have got some pelters, like they, they've even a Red Bull team down here in Brazil. Like um, you know, they've, they've taken a lot of pelters, and you know, it's not really sport and all the rest of it. But you see what they've done at Salzburg and Leipzig, and the models that they have, as you're explaining. I find it really difficult to, to to heed these people who are critical of them because in a pure football in sense, because at the end of the day, all that matters is football survives. The way that they are planning, the way they're using the, you know, the foreign markets and so on, uh, markets that traditionally European teams don't necessarily look at or give great time to, they're, they're exploring those markets. They're fine gems like Minamino and things like that. And I, I find it really difficult to be in any way critical of it. Yeah, I think the issue in the issue in Germany is that they obviously have the the fifty plus one system, um, where there is a, a certain a certain participation with, with fan input. There's obviously the, the fan ownership there, and um, Leipzig have, I think, have been accused in the past of trying to circumvent that and trying to take advantage of loopholes, etc., um, in order to give themselves an unfair financial advantage. I think the German purest fans um, seem to view them in the same way, for example, that we viewed Chelsea when Abramovich bought them over and they started spending £600 that, million pounds in a transfer that's fair. window. We'll have to respect that, Dave. You know, I, I, I respect all of that. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So that 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 is where they're that that's where the the animosity toward them comes from. But it can't be denied. You're absolutely right that they are the the walking talking example of how a modern day football club should be structured and run. And they're a wonderful template for for anybody to look at and uh, and try and you know emulate. They they look for value in markets where other people don't look. It's they funny, Dave, because I was chatting actually. You you, you obviously know that I have a friend here who lives here from Amsterdam, big Ajax man. And we we're talking about Salzburg, and he and he basically said to me, you know, look, we we do great things with young players, and we we give youth a chance, and we we really help youth out, but nothing like what they're doing there with, with Salzburg. He's he's raving about them. Yeah, the other interesting thing um, I heard the other day from uh, this, was, I do remember this was some. It was uh, Melissa Reddy mentioned it in Sunday Supplement, um, and she had said that these release crosses, Minamino, uh, you know, and we're all we're all aghast at how how cheap he was, but. This is this is a strategy of of Salzburgs where they they don't want to have to they, they don't want to potentially hinder their players progressing by putting ridiculous release clauses and, and holding you know massive clubs to ransom over transfer fees etc because their view is that they want these players to progress. They, they want these players to be a success. They want to be viewed as a club that develops players and is a platform for players. And if they do start selling boys for, you know, 60, 70 million pounds and, and you know, sell them, sell them players to the highest bidder, then that will discourage some of these youngsters to... To join them, that will that will take away their essentially their unique selling point. And you, I don't know whether you saw the tweet today, but this completely um, buys into that point. RB Salzburg sent a sent a tweet. Did you see this? No, please enlighten me. So essentially, it said uh, something like, "You're welcome, Liverpool." Um, who's next? Question mark and. The little picture underneath had 2016 Mane in his half and half Salzburg Liverpool shirt, 2018 Naby Keita in his half and half Liverpool Salzburg Liverpool shirt, 2020 the same Minamino, and then they had a little blank space for 2022 and a little blank space for 2024. I think they're using this as a way of advertising the fact that they have progressed three players now to yeah, I heard the suggestion that they could become a feeder club dos now I'm 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 not sure with that that terminology I don't like that I think that I think we're reading a little bit too much into that I think you know obviously I think it's a bit step too far personally <laughs> yeah Man- Manny didn't come directly from Salzburg neither did neither did Keita I think more I think what they're I think what's actually happening no I here think is- I think I think the insinuation Dave is more that, that it's being lined up that they're going to be in future our feeder club well I I didn't take that from it I took from it that they're advertising the fact that they have managed to progress three of their their players that they scouted and found and developed to essentially Europe's most successful club right at this very moment in time. And they're using Liverpool's success in order to further their own brand and to advertise themselves as this, as, as remember the way we all saw Arsenal, as Arsenal was, Arsenal was the team that all the, the, the top youth wanted to go to from right across Europe because that was where they would get developed and that was where they'd 
be able to forge out a career and, and take the next step. And I think they're they're using Liverpool and, and these tenuous links there in order to further that brand across across the world so that they can continue essentially doing what they're doing and saying to young, saying to the best young talent, come to us, we'll develop you, you'll win trophies while you're here. And you see when it's time for you to take the next step, we're not going to hold clubs to ransom for you. We'll let you go with a more than reasonable fee. And here's example A, B, C, D, E, F and G of where we've already done that before. And it's a brilliant, brilliant strategy. No, without a doubt. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I have admiration for them. But listen, you're talking about young talent and links and, and, and shit like that. And uh, I believe we were linked to uh, young uh, Kai Havertz. And again, Dave, you know, I, I know you mentioned this one to me. I'm, you see links at the minute. You see the way Minamino was done. Whoever, whoever we're buying, we haven't a clue, and nor will we. And I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but here, there's what there's one thing for sure. There's some heavy shit going down this summer. The, the, that club statement about you know players want to know the longevity of the manager and what there's something happening this summer. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's it's interesting, isn't it? The Havertz one, from what I heard today, it's it's apparently he's held concrete talks with I think that was in build with six clubs and one of them being being Liverpool and there's the obvious you know obviously we're European champions and we're, we're top of the Premier League but there's the, the obvious German links there to, to Klopp as well and there's bandian figures of 110 million around which is wild oh, considering well, it's 130 now for Sancho apparently yeah so it, it all it all depends and I think we will certainly have had I'd say I, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool had the talks with multiple players that they ended up not pulling the trigger on and we could all point sure. at Fakir because uh, that was really really last minute but Minamino, Minamino did suggest or intimate an interview that he'd known about this move for some time so you know this isn't just this isn't no, just and, one and, of those and, that, and that's what I mean there, there's, there's a fucking spectacular coming this summer because yeah. we did nothing last summer we've made a we have made probably an immense I, I, I can't see I cannot see one negative thing about Minamino. I cannot see it because if he, if he doesn't manage it, we'll make money off him. Um, isn't, it, isn't it funny looking at? Isn't it funny looking at looking back on it now when he scored that goal in Klopp's funny little funny little yeah. rag grin? Because he knew. Because he, he knew. knew. Because yeah. of course he knew. Because this has been going on. This has been going on for probably fucking six months at least. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe and even longer. Uh, maybe uh, even truth be known. Yeah, maybe even longer. And you'd, you'd go as far as to say, is see whoever we're signing in the summer. It's probably all but done. I wouldn't be surprised if it was announced in February. Well, maybe, but regardless of when it's announced, it's probably all but done. Mm-hmm. And because we have a habit of doing that as well. Um, in recent times, you know, tying the deal up in January. That's a very sort of, I think Neil would be, be a better man to talk about this than me, but I think it's a, a kind of German thing. They plan... They're planning yeah, well, to see five seasons now. Yeah, and, and they is. know every move that they're going to make. Obviously, it's fluid and things can change. But, you know, they, they pretty much have that plan. And, and where we are at the minute, Dave, you know, you, you've alluded to it several times. You know, we are, we have everything. Every cog is oiled and working perfectly. It's absolutely a well-greased machine. And we're at the top of our game. And to stay there... You need to have the vision forward, and and that's why I just think there's a there's a biggie coming. Dave, we have to at some point take a step back and just marvel at what the owners have managed to create here. 
And Klopp will get so much of the praise, and rightly so. But, you know, these guys have come into a brand new sport, brand new culture, brand new country. Sport over here isn't the same as in America. It's just not. You know, sport in America is expected to make money. In fact, sport in America is almost, it's, it's, um, it's rated in almost terms of dollars. Even when they talk about contracts for players, it's such and such amount of million dollar contracts. It's all ranked in dollars and nothing else. Who is the highest grossing player, highest grossing team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's an expectation there to make money because how much money you make is, is a, in America is a, an element of success and it's a, a bar of success. Whereas I'll tell you better than that. In football, um, it's not. No, it's not. But you, you talk about FSG uh, and you, you mentioned American sports there and, and you're correct in everything that you say and the amount of money that there is in it and, and whatnot. And our, this is where our owners have probably been the cutest tours of all. You know, they have taken a brand on where they actually went, hang on, whoa, this means world. You know, it doesn't mean the fucking borders of the United States. <laughs> you know, it means the world. And, and you know, I've seen the World Club Championship being called a vanity project and so on and so on. And look, maybe it is for FSG, but you know what? Give them that. Absolutely give them that. We've never won it. I'm I'm looking forward to, 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 to getting our name on it. I, you know, I said to you pre-pod, Dave, there's a part of me deep down that could just live without the timing of it because I just feel that at this moment in time, given 30 years since we've won a league, it's just, it's, it's all about that at the moment. And, and just the timing of this is just, it's, it's naffy. I still want to win it. But, if, you know, if, if people are out there think it's, it's a vanity project, give it to the owners for Christ's sake because it's, it's a just reward for what they've done to us. Maybe, absolutely. And they maybe got things wrong initially. Uh, and, well, they did. They, they they made mistakes, let's be honest. And they, they yeah, have... They weren't football people at all. Well, that, well, and that I was think, before, that I think was what they've learned in the, in, in the time frame that they've learned is exceptional. Yeah, that was my point there, Dave. That, you know, they did measure in dollars, if you like, too much. Um, you know, with the issue with the ticket prices, um, with the issue with supposedly the cost of building a new stand, um because it wasn't lucrative enough and there was various different aspects of, of bits and pieces that they got wrong. You know, they needed to be an absolute pig's ear, the Van Dyke transfer and other bits and pieces like that. But I think what you can say about them is everywhere along the line, I think it would be harsh to say they ever made the same mistake twice. You know, they've made a mistake oh, and they, they stepped away and they've rectified it. And what they've done is they've been patient and they've they've listened to fans and they've, they've tried it their way first. And, it's a bit you know, like the te- it's a bit like the team we have on the pitch at the moment, Dave, isn't it? It, c- it can be translated to that. It absolutely it, can, absolutely. What what we feel that we come back and we do uh, uh, and we succeed the next time, and we've yeah. seen it so many times. But from every from every setback in the last few years, we have come back stronger. There's another aspect of it as well. You know, you, you said about focusing too much on the dollars, and, and I think. There's a thing there, you know, we, we see at our European aways and whatnot, especially towards, you know, when the weather starts picking up around April time and whatnot, you would see John Henry going to our games there. He's running around like the man from Del Monte with a hat on and whatnot. He he, he realises, you know, it's not all about America. Look, at there's been American owners in in, in football before before these crowds, but we know all about that. Yeah. Uh, but they have got it and they've got I it think- in such a sh- short space of time. That's That's the trick. Yeah, I think we're really lucky because they are sports people. You know, sports is their business, essentially. Um, 
We've done that line to death, Dave, but it's worth repeating, to be fair. It, it, it absolutely is. It is. Sports is there. It's not like the Glazers who have just went in and thought, this is a different kind of business and we'll make it work. It's not like those fucking gangsters over at Arsenal either. You know, these guys, they they do have a passion for sports. They Obviously, they see an opportunity to, to, make, to make a profit out of it and to make money out of it. But I think... Henry, in particular, grabs me as a, a bit of a He romantic. likes winning. No, he likes winning. I, I yes. think they, they, he, uh, in fact, they like winning. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Everybody likes winning, Dave. But I, I do think he is a bit of a sports romantic. And little things like, you know, he didn't want to, he didn't want to redevelop. Um, he didn't want to redevelop, what do you call it? Fenway, Fenway, Fenway Park. Park. Yeah. Uh, so no, Dave, I, I, I've, I've actually been, not to a game, but I've, I've done a, the tour of it. I was in the bar and whatnot. You know, I can understand why you, you'd want to keep that. That you know, I, I love the sort of old aspects of sport. And I know um, people go, "Fuck you!" You'd have Anfield back in 1970. Yeah, and in many ways, it would for a lot of different reasons. Modern stadiums are wonderful, but you know, it's history. Like you can't, you can't destroy that or redevelop that. No, you, you can't. But there are many owners who would and I always I know Highbury was a small stadium but you know it was it was one of the best football stadiums in England it was and only it ever just, once and I would have to agree with fantastic absolutely fantastic but you know some people don't want to entertain that it would it would almost be like you know knocking down somewhere like Craven Cottage and I don't think you can because it's listed but there's a certain there's a certain romance and a certain tradition there that I feel has to be respected and I think History is a big part of our, uh, big part of our football club, and I think they've come in and they've respected that. And like I say, I think there is a romantic side to the love of sports that I think particularly Henry has, and I think that lends itself really well to this club. I think we're in good hands. We're in good hands with the manager, and you know, here, listen, what more can you ask more? Do you fucking Merry Christmas, mate? No, well, well, I've got got to get Saturday over first. Aye, but well, sure, you've just told Santa, me we're going to fucking hammer them, so I'm all right Santa, with that. Santa, Santa list for, for me is, you know, right, okay, I'll take a World Club Championship. I'll take a speedy recovery for Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Verge. <laughs> Those are on my Christmas wish list. And oh, I would I would love fucking Brendan to win. <laughs> I'd love fucking Brendan to win the Etihad. How about that? I'm advocating a Brendan Rogers win. There you go. <laughs> it really is a Christmas miracle, isn't it? <laughs> the miracle of Christmas. Dave, I'm going to just in closing, I'll, I'll ask you for a prediction on the game because I'm going to give one far away. 3 uh, 1, Liverpool. I'm going for a 4 0, which means it'll actually be an edgy fucking 2 1, don't you know it? So, <laughs> covering my bases nicely, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And on to the potential world champion Reds. Hopefully, the next time we're talking to you, it'll be that way. Upper Reds. 